everyone, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Sharon Fields. Welcome, everyone. So glad everyone's joining us today. We have a wonderful guest. Her name is Andrea Schmidt. She's a certified teen girl life coach, holding a BS in psychology and currently finishing her master's in psychology. She's a TCK mom, which I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. She's got 25 plus years as an expat. She's a language lover, speaking seven different languages. She's strong. She's a writer. She's a TEDx speaker. She strongly believes in the process of life coaching for adolescent girls. She helps girls feel empowered, deepen their self-awareness, boost their self-esteem, and learn valuable life skills, which I think that we can all agree on, Andrea, is so very important cross-culturally. It's very important. So tell me, tell me, I'm very interested. How did you get into this field? How did, what led you to this? Um, I've always always been the mom in whatever country we were in and I lived in a total of nine but we sort of tend to repeat countries the mom who everybody came to my daughter's friends and it's um, always been girls I've (laughs) I've always been the one who had to sort of answer funny questions strange questions that sometimes the moms didn't feel comfortable with and um when we lived in Mexico City and my daughter was in her eighth school, she uh, found it very difficult being a TCK. And she actually found a life coach. And I thought, such a brilliant idea. Having support from an outside person while you're living in a foreign country where you don't have your longtime friends around or neighbors. And I thought, I, I definitely want to be an official, <laughs> an official friend to those girls. And yeah, I took it a little bit to another level because I studied then psychology and the bachelor's, like you said, and now the master's to, co- to sort of give it a good background. Um, and that's what I've been doing almost for four years now. That's wonderful. They, we all need people like you that will lead and help. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and it's a wonderful job. It's it's really nice to see how what a difference it makes in the girls' world very rewarding also for the moms because it takes a little bit the pressure off oh right correct yes yeah so can you speak a little bit more to the difference that it makes the difference that you see and maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your coaching programs for the girls how long do they last Mm -hmm. how much time do you spend with them do they have office hours that they have access to contact you if they have uh an emergency and how tell us a little bit about more how that works because I'm guessing that um, our listeners are out there with possibly the same questions. So the sessions are 50 minutes, which is a great time span for the girls and for myself. You can get deep into topics they want to talk about. Um, I normally like to work with coaching packages because as I work with underage girls, well, I also have um, young adults, but mostly girls under the age of 18. So I need to do the intake session with the mom where she gives me all the background about the schools, the girl attended health issues, family issues, all the info. And then I have the sessions with the girls. And because they're underage, I bookmark 
the sessions. So during the last session, the mom comes in as well. Mostly I'm saying the mom because it's mostly the mom, but I've had both parents or only the dad as well. So they come in for the last 20 minutes and we share what we've been doing. So the package normally is six sessions. I think that's the best one, but I'm also offering three and individual coaching sessions as well. If the girls want to try it out or the moms, <laughs> because it's it's still considered being a um, fairly new approach, handling issues, challenges, right? Having a coach, contact contacting a coach. So I offer different packages. I'm very flexible with my hours. Thanks to um, the internet, I, I, I can really say I'm available from, let's say, seven o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. And because of the time difference, it works out beautifully because um, five o'clock in Dubai is my is my morning. So Right, right. Yeah. I also and offer weekends. Sorry, I just wanted to mention I also offer weekends because I know that the girls during the week, they're very busy very often. Yes, so, with yeah. a lot of schoolwork, et cetera. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I'm very flexible. I also understand when they call in and say that they need to finish a project for the next day and can we please reschedule? <laughs> so I think it's all about being flexible with teenagers. If yeah. not, you're getting nowhere. And you've been there because you've raised two teenage girls, correct? One, one, one. one. Okay, yeah. one. Yeah. And yeah. so, but you know what, what that's like. Yeah, exactly. It, things do change, right? And if they don't feel well, they don't feel well. Why would I want to do a coaching session when they don't feel well? So you've got to be at your best. And so did you say it was 50 minutes and the parents joined for the last? So you have a good 30 minutes solid with the one-to-one -one, and then the parents join in for the last 20 minutes. Well, that's like the coach, coaching package. So let's say intake session with the parent, then four sessions. And then the last session, that's when the, 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 parents, the parents come in. Excellent. Thanks for clarifying that. I well, think this probably is a really novel and new idea for many people. And I would say that um, I wish you'd been around. <laughs> my daughter, um, you know, it's especially... Um, in, in our situation, we were in Saudi Arabia and our kids went away to boarding school, most of them, not everyone, but they left for boarding school at 15. And so um, there was a process in place. There was preparation. These kids were primed to go, mostly. Mm -hmm. Not all of them were a good fit, as you can imagine. And um, we were very fortunate that our daughter pretty much survived and thrived, but that was not the case for all parents. And I so wish that that would have been something that I would have offered my daughter as extra support, because yeah. even though she had house parents and fantastic uh, input from people who were used to international students, mm -hmm. um, having that extra container of coaching and someone who can ask better questions and direct the conversation would have been marvelous. Yeah. I would have loved having you in our lives. And I don't know if, if you know that my daughter went to boarding school as well. Yes, I did know that. So we've been down that track. We've, we've suffered that pain, right? Exactly, exactly. And you know what my daughter always said? I don't want to... I don't want anybody else to see me going to the health health center. Yes. I'd, yes. Rather have some, I'd rather have somebody from the outside. So she continued. 
which was that's great. Yeah, a great solution. And and what a great solution to have um, yeah. mental health in in place and be considering right. mental health, especially yesterday. I think was Mental Health Day, right? And today. Was it today? Oh, not too late. <laughs> timely, <laughs> <So> timely recording. <laughs> timely. Oh. Yes, this is a fabulous day to be doing this on, Sharon. Right? You're right. Yeah. Special day, a very special day. Yeah. Take and credit so for uh, arranging that on the appropriate day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to say we did that on purpose. Andrea, how do you measure your success from these coachings? One measurement is time. I've had girls with me who have been long-term clients and I'm saying long-term very proudly. They've been with me for over two years, one, almost three years. And then of course, feedback during the follow-up session. Uh, when I get the feedback from the girl, because the girl, the, the sessions are confidential. Um, unless I see anything that's very... Mm, worrisome disturbing i will contact the mom but otherwise they are um, confidential so the girl we talk about beforehand what we share what she wants to share with the mom and very often then that, that's exactly when she shares some extra stuff like why why what did she like during the coaching sessions how it has helped her and um, it's just a pleasure to hear what they say and how they feel very often it's this um, offering an open ear and a space for them to talk. Uh, when I had my coaching practice, that was the thing that, that was most evident. Um, but people just really love the support. They love the opportunity to share in a face a safe environment. And sometimes it doesn't, you know, you don't want it to border on the therapeutic. You want it to stay in the coaching lane, which is very different. Could you talk a little bit about how we balance that out between um, the coaching lane and the therapeutic lane? Can you speak to that? A little bit, yeah, because I make very clear that if I see any signs of anxiety or depression, I will encourage the parents to take the teen, take the daughter. I've had some boys as well, to a psychologist, to a therapist. Yes. When when I went to my latter uh, coaching um, school, uh, we were taught that the difference between coaching and therapy is that um, in therapy, you were really being an archaeologist. <laughs> but in coaching, you were being an architect. So yeah. I think that's a, a very clear way of explaining the difference between them. And um, uh, please, listeners, if you have a daughter uh, or a son or a teenager who needs the support and who is being challenged in the TCK lane, please consider to reach out to some to Andrea or someone who can offer that um, calm, supportive environment mm. can be very helpful. Definitely, definitely. What the girls also like about, um, and you know the difference between therapy and coaching, one of the difference that's often been mentioned is that, like you said, the archaeologist, like going back mm -hmm. to previous trauma and discovering and healing that. And coaching is, like you said, with architect moving forwards. And that's what the girls like a lot. They like to get tools, they like to move forward, they like to make progress. Um, they see that in a very positive way. That's great. It's a question of what would they love? 
<laughs> versus what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which which is obviously if there's depression or anxiety, that's also something that will need to be or PTSD that will need to be addressed, right? Yes. So that's that's excellent that there's both and that now there's coaches and there's therapists because there yeah. have been so many therapists in the field for so many years. So it's great that the coaching is kind of catching up there. So from a distance, um, how can we nurture, uh, support, and this population? I mean, uh, Sharon and I live in a, a city, but we have um, expats who have kids here who are either digi digital nomads or expats, but we don't have a big, a big population. What do you think, Sharon? Yeah, I, well, of course, I'm not in touch with any of that because – my son has grown and and I'm a single woman. And so it it is interesting. Um, I, I have one friend who is raising five children here on her own. And um, so it is it it is interesting to try to recognize it when we're out and about to see people like that. But I think with with our podcast, that's how we can reach more people to you know let them know that there there is help out there and it, even if it's just to listen to one of our podcasts you know they're, they're not alone and there's there is um help out there for everyone everyone no matter what <laughs> that you're going through and i think the community is growing uh, the community and the studies and the science is all growing right now so what would you say are the best practices you see uh, in building the what I call the superpowers of living overseas, which is your intercultural competencies? What well, what are some of the ways that you support girls in doing this? Number one, and number two, what do you see are the benefits for these young people? I think education about the lifestyle they're living is very important. Educating the kids about culture, what is below the surface, really talking to them, how to approach living where they live, how to strike a, but another one would be how to strike a balance between the culture in which they're living and maybe their home culture, wherever yes. that might be, right? If it's a parent's yes. passport country, maybe the parents are from two different countries. How are you gonna integrate that? Um, model appropriate cultural behavior yourself because mm -hmm. as a parent, because we all know that the teenagers copy exactly how we behave, what we do. So being very conscious about that and encouraging friendships, I think in the country you're in, but also trying to keep friendships or create friendships in maybe the passport countries all places where you've lived before. We had an earlier conversation today, and that was one of the things we talked about was um, if when you're returning home, this was a repatriation conversation. And upon turning home, how do you keep that balance of your overseas friends and your new friends? And how do you, you know, how much time, attention, how much functionality do you give to in, in each case? Because all of us are being required to be different kinds of humans now. We don't just have our pals down the street. I'm lucky. I have my pal down the street right now, Sharon. But, you know, we don't always have that. Yeah, most, most of us don't. don't. Oh, that's you. You're, 
you have you're one lucky you're the two of you are very lucky <laughs> well, do you find do you find that they are connecting and staying connected with friends in different countries or cultures because of technology that we have nowadays definitely helped a lot yeah. I mean, we've definitely gone from writing postcards or writing letters to previous friends. And now it's a message. It's a Zoom call. It's a FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever. Now mm -hmm. we can see each other on so many different channels, right? And they, they take advantage of it. That's terrific. I so wish... Well, sometimes I wish that I had grown up in the in the era of uh, technology. I know I resisted it for a long time, but it, it, my life probably would look very different now had I not eschewed the culture, the geography, and the people that I left behind every time. Can't, they can sort of sop it all up and, and take people with them in a different way. That's interesting. So what are the best practices you see? So you told us the best practices. What are, what are the results of that, please? What kind of benefits do you see them? How does flourishing look? What does that look like in, in the teenage mind nowadays for a third culture kid living outside their parents' culture? I think having friendships is a big issue, right? You've mentioned it before. That's, I mean, in the teenage years, that's a big thing. You're trying to sort of, you're supposed to get away from the parents. You're supposed to slowly adult. So peers are getting more and more important. And then that's very hard when you move countries during the teenage years. So it's it's really striking the balance. Finding people on the ground where you live at the moment, encouraging them as parents to nurture friendships in the place they live and at the same time i'm i'm, I'm sort of I'm, i'm repeating myself right but trying to no. sort of trying to find the balance with online friendships and and i think that um this applies not only to the children and to our our younger um fellow global globally mobile but mm -hmm. also it applies to us as parents and grandparents yeah. doesn't it I know what, what you you answer you ask also for the benefits. The benefit is that they're not feeling so alone because especially in the beginning, right? If they arrive in a new place, like you said, same for us. When we arrive in a new place, normally there is no Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's, That's true. Right. That's yes, right. we, need, we really need to make an effort. And the sad truth is nobody will come for us. So we have to put ourselves out there and get active and in like curious, like where could we find and meet new people? So by having social media, all the different platforms, the kids very often feel the sense of belonging to their online friends. Helping prepare them to be adults in a real world. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And someone once described that to us uh, in a call as being exceptional effort. Mm -hmm. That it, it takes intention and focus and time and yeah. courage, I would say, Definitely. and risk and vulnerability to put ourselves out there. I mean, even as adults, I think it sometimes requires most of these things. Of course, because we're out there, we're new. We're the new ones, right? The kids are the new ones. I had three girls moving off to university. Was not that it was not fun for them being the new ones again. But being having been in high school for a while and then it's university time. Hmm, they were not happy. So also I explained to them that normally it, it takes like between six and ten encounters, right? Until yes. people recognize you. 
and like, oh, oh, you you sat with me the other day. Oh, you just walked. Oh, this is the second time I see you here on my floor. Yes. Um, until they even recognize you and sort of acknowledge you. And then you have to make an effort of saying hi, being friendly, like taking it a step further. And mm -hmm. that's, hard. that's like definitely getting out of your comfort zone. Yes, it is. And uh, however, the benefits when we do it, whether yeah. we're whether we're in our third chapter here or whether we're teenagers and we're 16 to 66, um, that human behavior and that intention alone makes a big difference. You see somebody from afar, don't look away, just smile. Say hi, just a, a two-letter word, and that can make all the difference. Excellent. Um, in another call uh, that we had have had in the last week, uh, someone um, had something called the smile factor that he practiced. And he said he would walk down the street and he would smile at people. Now, he said in some cultures, this is extremely weird and yeah. strange because in somewhere like Argentina, you do not smile at people you don't know because people yeah. think you're slightly bananas. But um, he said in most cultures, and he learned in Africa to click. Oh, okay. Know, because they had they had clicking as part of their language and their communication. So tell me about how does language, uh, how is language affecting these um, globally mobile third culture kids nowadays? Are you finding that they're happy and excited about having multiple languages or does that become one of the stressors? In theory, they find it very interesting when they can say that they speak three, four, five languages, right? But if they move from country to country and they realize that they hadn't had school in this in French for 10 years it gets really hard it hurts it, it hurts mm. it hurts um I always tell them gonna be fine in two three months just look ahead you will be fine you will need to sort of get adjusted to it again let's wait until if uh, they start in September by Christmas, you'll be fine. You, you'll, be, you'll be more than fine. But it always takes this adjustment phase of it's not only the speaking, right? If the school is in another language, it's reading and writing and math and everything. Um, are you seeing that international schools are providing um, more support to young people now? Not enough. <laughs> Honest answer. Sorry. Yes. No, that's, yeah. this is, that's what we're here for. We're here to be real. Yeah, no. Um, and I think it it's not, let's say, whoever makes a difference is normally a person. Um, of course, it helps if the schools have policies and uh, rituals in place for new students, for incoming students. But um, a huge difference is from the teachers who have been there, who have lived that, who've had kids, who have experience with international students coming in for the school year, throughout the school year. And they just, yeah, not, nothing can like substitute a great teacher. The teacher can make all the difference. Yes, the teacher can. I uh, I noticed on Facebook the other day that my daughter's uh, ninth grade English teacher uh, left Saudi Aramco. Um, her husband had retired. It was time for them to leave, but she'd been there for maybe 15 to 20 years. I'm not sure. And um I remember how bonded uh, that class was and what a contribution she was to our family, even to this day. She taught 
Socratic seminars to the children and they would sit in a circle and they would hold a Socratic seminar in ninth grade every every day or every other day. And to this day, I am so grateful to her because she was one of the centering, balancing influences in our family's life, prepping these kids to at 15 to fly away. And you remember her, you don't remember the school. Oh, I do remember the school. I worked at the school. Oh, okay, there you go. I worked part-time at the school, yeah, and and I do remember the school very, very well, but she was one of the outstanding teachers. I can say there were there was more than one. There was probably three or four that um that were very significant. But um she was in the last and final year, and I think she really understood where the kids were, what they were facing. And I think that's why I think what you do is so phenomenal. It is. Thank you, Andrea. Oh, thank you for saying that. So, so what are your up and coming projects? Just to keep keep growing beautiful, wonderful women and throwing them out into the world. <laughs> exactly. And on Saturday, I'm going up to a boarding school in Canada and give some workshops to seventh, eighth, and ninth graders on culture in your classroom. Wonderful. Fabulous. sharing the love all over the world that's great are you teaching them cultural competency well tell us where our listeners can find you um all over the place so um old-fashioned email would be andrea at global girl coach on instagram and facebook and linkedin you can find me as well under global girl coach on all those channels, the one I'm most active on is Instagram, I must say. Okay, wonderful. And do you have a final message for our uh, listeners who are perhaps moms and dads out there who are working cross-culturally and moving every few years? Do you have a message that you would like to send them? I think it's what you said before, to be aware that there is support around like you said, it can be friends, a Sharon, it can be a neighbor, neighbor you find abroad, it can be a counselor, it can be a teacher, but it can also be somebody online and not to be afraid to sort of search for support, because I think the faster or the better the kids and the parents get adapted, if they come into a new country, the better for the whole family. Thank you for those words. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, thank thank you. you.